For decades, the Vietnam War has been a Hollywood obsession. Apocalypse Now, Platoon, Full Metal Jacket, First Blood. These were blockbuster films, embraced by audiences and critics alike. And for decades, they've helped us understand a painful war and understand each other. From Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network, I'm Brian Raftery, and this is Do We Get to Win This Time? How Hollywood Made the Vietnam War. Listen on the Big Picture feed. This episode is brought to you by Mint Mobile. If you've had it with your overpriced wireless plan with its insanely high monthly bill and unexpected overages, then listen to this. For a limited time, wireless plans from Mint Mobile are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. That's unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. Wow, right? To get this new customer offer, just go to mintmobile.com slash watch. That's mintmobile.com slash watch. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower, above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for more details. I need support staff to clear the room. Stand up and walk. Now. Hello and welcome to The Watch. My name is Chris Ryan. I am an editor at TheRinger.com and joining me in the studio, he will not be flying Kingdom Airlines anymore. It's Andy Greenwald! I will be investing, yeah. though. I will be shorting <laughs> yeah. Kingdom Airlines. Oh my god, Andy. Today we're going to talk about the... I'm just sorry, I'm still thinking about this. Do you think Kingdom Airlines is like Alaska <laughs> in that it flies to more places than the Kingdom of... of Where's it coming from? It's coming from... Dubai? Dubai, yeah. Right. So, but you know how, like, Alaska's whole thing is like, we're called Alaska, but we go to the sunny parts of Mexico. We, do you think, like, you could we get go to, a, We go to Oregon, too, yeah. But do you think, like, Kingdom... You could get a Kingdom Air flight from, like, London to uh, Amsterdam? Uh, I'm trying to think of, like, if, like, Emirates does that. They do not. Well, yeah. for people who don't know, Chris is referencing Emirates because that's where he flies mostly because he, he does the private cabins on their planes. <laughs> yes. Um, and so he seeks out their their routes because if there's not if there's not a door, <laughs> yeah. he's not getting on. Uh, Greenwald, it's fantastic to see you, man. I see a little bit of a sparkle in your eye. We're going to talk about the season finale of Hijack. I'm very curious whether it's the serious finale. Yeah, uh, Kai, have you seen? Did, are you up to date? Oh, I got the Apple TV notification <laughs> on, on yeah. my phone. <laughs> this is great. Well, I just like we ruined so much for her. Yeah, you know, I and wasn't going to let Hijack be ruined. They, whoa, you sound changed by this show. We're going to no, talk about really. Hijack, and then we're going to talk. But first, we're going to talk a little about the strike because mm-hmm. there's been a little bit of daylight, a little bit of movement. Maybe, yeah. Um, and we can talk about whatever you want. Honestly, Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts becoming a triple threat player. <laughs> tell, tell, tell the people what our favorite quarterback has been telling people. Jalen Hurts is now trying to master not only throwing, mm-hmm. not only running, mm-hmm. but mind. That's literally what he said. He's like, I'm a Chris, triple threat. His job is mind. <laughs> yeah. I don't see I don't see the problem Same. here. He's he's been saying this for a while that he's like a triple threat. It, he he can beat you with his arm, with his legs, and with his mind. I mm-hmm. think that he got a little crossed up on the uh on the passing routes yeah. there and said it said <laughs> it said mind to beat you with mind. <laughs> It's cool. Yeah. This is going to be an Eagles podcast by September 15th. It is going to be a sister pod to the Philly special. It's just what it's going to happen. It's what's going to happen. So, yeah. Kai can get ready for that. Uh, what's up with you? How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I, I feel like you you come in sometimes. You want to talk about uh, food ways, cultural I, ways. Yeah. I mean, we could do that now. I was reading about the Mediterranean diet. <laughs> Did you want to do it at the end of the pod? I was because I've been thinking about whether or not we should keep it really hard news at the top mm-hmm. and then and then slowly develop oh. into banter. 
What do I do think you think? people do like banter at the top. It's I. It's a real 50-50. It's mm-hmm. a real Pepsi Coke thing with people. Like whether mm-hmm. they like us chatting in the beginning and then getting into the world of entertainment or getting right into the world of entertainment. And then at the end, it goes off the rails. See, I've been wondering this because I do know anecdotally— Do you like it when you listen to a podcast and it's complete bullshit for 10 minutes? I, I start Marin at the 12-minute mark. Right. So I, I've been, so I feel like anecdotally, there are people who listen to our podcast in fits and starts. They'll like listen to it when we talk about a show that they watch— or if they're behind, they'll just miss, they'll just go or away. Then there's weeks, Amanda Dobbins who just listens no matter what. And it's just like, that sounds like a weird show you guys are talking about. Yeah. She, well, yeah, but she's our perfect listener. Like, we do the show for Amanda and anything else just trickles down. Mm-hmm. I think that not everyone can be as constant as Amanda. And I appreciate that. So actually, I was thinking, maybe there are other people who are like, I enjoy that radio program to listen to my guys just chop it up. And then when they're done talking about tin fish and they start talking and about Idris Elba yeah. on planes, yeah. then I can like, I've gotten my check-in with them. I would be very curious to see not only our retention rate, but our skip, the, where people skip in the episodes. I'm sure that data is, is publicly available. They don't share that with me, I think intentionally. But it, but it is an interesting conversation about podcasts, not for us to have on this podcast. But like, I listen to an enormous amount of sports podcasts and I don't often watch the games. You know, that's in, in the truly insane. <laughs> it's just, I just, I just like the banter. You're I know, but, but I know, I know I, other people who anecdotally, I, like, I they don't have to like yeah. eight, eight to nine hours of NBA potting a week and watch maybe a game. I don't have time to watch the games. You know, how do you have time to listen to Bill for 10 hours a week? Because you can't watch the games in the car picking up your children from camp. <laughs> Elon Musk is like challenge accepted. <laughs> what if I turn the fair. windshield into league pass? <laughs> this is fair. This is all fair. All right. Um, so you, but you wanted to talk about, you want to shift your diet? Is that what you were going to say? No, it's not even a shift. It's what I realized is that I have been a pra- I've been practicing the Mediterranean diet, which is in the New York Times today. The gray lady mm-hmm. was like, this will make you live forever. Okay, so th- this is a story they run to, every try- eight months. Do they? Basically, they're like, these people in Sardinia don't die. That's right. That's right. And then sales of tinned fish It would be pretty badass and- if I could balance out 11 years of a pack a day <laughs> with hummus. <laughs> <laughs> like, in terms of, like, smearing it on your face to just, protect no, yourself like from the, UV the, rays? The, the, like, the scales of justice-wise, like, when it comes to, like... I see, but this is, this is the opposite of the Mediterranean diet, because I don't think... You know what you can't say in Greek? Cheat day. I just feel like this... this it's a very American concept being like, I will go to Barbenheimer and eat jujubes for nine hours... <laughs> But if I do a spirited Runyon Canyon hike in the morning, I'm back to zero. Yeah, that's I don't true. think it works like that. What do you think the Greeks think? Like, how do how do they make it even out? I think the Greeks are like, did you enjoy your time smoking cigarettes in dark bars? <laughs> like, then that also had a positive effect. On it you. did. It, you brought, know? it brought me here today. It brought us closer Every together. Every single decision I made in my life brought me here today. It's kind of true. There, you know, you know, I realized there's a loneliness that I don't feel anymore, which was the loneliness of being like really in a good conversation with you and other friends and then you guys just suddenly fucking en masse getting up and migrating like birds. Like you didn't even communicate. Well, I mean, did you prefer that to like me fucking lighting up a dart in your face? Well, I I, I lived through both. Yeah. But there's a there's a particular, the real victims here are the non-smokers is what I'm saying. Like the, the loneliness at the bar, you know. I met when, some great people outside of bars who were like, can I have a cigarette? Um, hey, I wanted yeah, to ask you. Right. Do you even write, bro? Is this happening? Are you going back to work? So what Chris is referring to is the news that broke this week that there was a, 
um, a, like a proffer. I guess this is all like very siege talk. The AMPTP, the Coalition of uh, Studios and Streamers, reached out to the Writers Guild Negotiating Board uh, with a text that I believe, and I have in front of me, it said, you up, and asked if they could uh, talk about maybe talking again. Mm -hmm. And that was received positively. And so there is, as we're recording this on Thursday, I think that, that there's a tentative meeting set for tomorrow, the details of which have not been released, which will be, I don't know whether it's just Carol Lombardini from the AMPTP and Ellen Stutzman from the Writers Guild or a larger representatives of each faction meeting to be like, is there a way forward to restart Where talks? do you think Carol and Ellen would meet? Um, BJ's on Alvarado at 2 a.m.? Then we would be done. Like, then we would get this done, you know, if it was just, if it was Chino real. and Tone Loke style and heat. <laughs> <laughs> who's, who's who in this construction? I, um, I, I have no idea. And then there was some uh, unattributed scuttlebutt that this came out of informal sessions between powerful people on Wednesday trying to jumpstart this. So broadly, this is a good thing. Talking is better than not talking. Sure, uh, It is inevitable, I think, that this was going to happen, that the AMPTP, the Writers Guild position has been consistently, we will talk. You're the ones that don't want to talk. So AMPTP said, okay, let's, let's see if there's a way to talking. Um, that's good. And anything beyond that, broadly is noise um, no one really knows anything but everyone seems to know someone who says they know something right. so there's a lot of rumors a lot of gossip going around and just a lot of people generally being caught flat-footed because we don't know what this means um this could go a number of different ways they could get together uh on friday and realize that they are still very very far apart and nothing comes of it right that would be surprising considering i think there is desire to move things forward um but then this would only be the first step towards restarting what could be a lengthy renegotiation uh, process. I think the biggest surprise, we can just go, we could do some headlines here. Of course. Is that the studios came to the writers first. There was a baked in assumption, one that I think I expressed on the podcast recently, that they would go, SAG they would go to SAG first, yeah. that the, they would address the actors first, that the actors are more high profile, thus more damaging to the larger industry, but also to the AMPTP's brand or their whatever it may be, and that that would be a bigger, that's a bigger fish to fry. Also, that thought stems from the fact that the AMPTP playbook was humming very well until the actors walked out, mm -hmm. which was the writers are going to strike because that's just what they do. We're going to settle the directors. That happened. We'll settle the actors, and then we'll get back to the writers when we feel like it. And that was where the we're going to make the anonymous quotes about yes. we're going to make the actors like lose their houses first. The writers lose the their writers. Houses. Sorry, the yes, writers, yes. Um, well, I guess the actors could lose like their beach houses, right? But um, some actors. Uh, what was striking to me about there's a New York Times story today, Thursday, talking about these recent developments and. All media stories should be, you know, you have to have some salt involved because you just don't know who, what the sources are and, yeah. and yeah. how weighted. It's the same thing with reading about the NBA. You have to be like, why is why are all these anonymous sources like pointing in one direction? If you're right. going to say Justin Herbert's better than Jalen Hurts, you put your name on it. That's right. That's what I say. But the, the takeaway from the New York Times story that was kind of surprising was the suggestion that the AMPTP is turning to the writers because the actors are running too hot. Mm-hmm that the actors have somehow crossed a line and been so dramatic and hurtful with Fran Drescher being like, you know, you are disrespecting us and, and, and 
not just her. Like, this has been a refrain. And we were joking about this, that if you give actors a soapbox, I mean, they are going to take it. Sure. And make every speech. There the was headlines Wednesday this week speech. because there was a, a sort of cohort of, of very successful actors who all donated, I think, upwards of a million dollars each to the sort of relief funds that were going into that stuff. Yeah, yeah. some Meryl Streep, George Clooney, The I Rock. Think was involved in that, The Rock. Yeah. Um, I, I believe the other day you mentioned, like, is Jason Momoa picketing? I haven't seen him, but he is giving away his branded water. Like pallets the, and pallets of it. And it is. Icy cold, yeah. and I have really enjoyed it because it comes in these aluminum bottles. Yeah. and so I'm 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 on his team. He's kept me very well hydrated uh, these last few weeks. Um, and he's hosting Shark Week. So what what more do you want what from the summer. guy? <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, so this idea that the, that they're turning to the writers because the actors are running too hot is kind of interesting. It I, I don't totally buy it because I think that you know to 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 be at the position that these studio heads are in you'd think that they would have slightly thicker skin, mm-hmm. that it really wouldn't be as driven by hurt feelings or personal animus, but maybe everything at the end of the day is driven by that. Um, it may also be that um, these things have to kind of run their course a little bit, that the actors are running very hot right now because they are more, they're new to the picket lines and they need to kind of express some of this vitriol sure. before they can come back. I'm not sure because it's not as if the writers have tamped down our expectations or our read of the situation, I, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. The big picture that I th- that I thought was interesting was some. If they get back into the room to restart negotiations in the next week or two, I think that I, I wouldn't read too much into it. But from a personal, unsourced opinion, sure. is that the negotiating committee of the WGA, which has been very strong on a lot of these things, wouldn't enter into the room without a real. They're not going to go into the room to just be told like. You're still, you know, we we're, our, our offer is what it was when we first last talked. They're not Charlie Brown and AMTP has the football out for them to kick. I don't think that's the case. Okay, but I think what what's interesting is how can you? What are people's priorities here? Because I think that the um the change that's being asked for on the writer side is I I am completely in line with my union on this. But you could divide some of the asks between. Um, monetary asks, essentially, uh, increased minimums, um, you know, uh, residual stuff, the re- some of the residual yeah. stuff, exactly. And what someone a lot smarter than me about these issues refer to as cultural issues and cultural wins, like size of writers rooms and stuff, size of rooms, but then, and then even further than that into the AI stuff and the nature of what this job even is yeah. or could be. Yeah. It's possible that a good to even great deal could be offered on the first things with a lot of the secondary, I don't mean to say like in terms of value, but in terms of the other, the other bucket of cultural issues could be punted, could be put into like, we'll continue to revisit, we'll renegotiate, you know, we'll It's examine. only a three-year deal, right? It's only a three-year deal, but I think that that could, there could be a divide in what people want. Everyone wants to get back to work, but I do think that there are, there's a generational divide where younger writers very, very much feel this is existential. Sure. And in three years, what is the business even going to be considering how much it's changed in three years? And that we may never have Yeah, like we hadn't really even seriously considered it AI at this time last year. I think we were still talking about like fucking crypto or something. So like, it's kind of funny to like- We're so so good with this stuff. But this was like, yeah, that's that thing from Terminator, right? And now it's like, oh no, this thing that can, that can, you know- conceivably replace a lot of the like content creation (laughs) class of the United States. Yes, it's the same way with like- 
How warm's the water in Florida? <laughs> really? <It's not> funny. <laughs> but but it is a little like, oh, we're doing this now? Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, like, it, it, what is this? We may never have. This. I was I was with my wife last night. We were driving back from dinner, and she was listening to Busy Phillips's podcast. Mm-hmm. And Busy Phillips, like, while recording the pod, got a notification that the Atlantic Current was collapsing. And like just started crying on the podcast. On the podcast. I need that more from you. That kind of radical vulnerability. We. I just put my phone on do not disturb. <laughs> so I'm happy to do it. I. But the problem is, I also get. Um, I would. I would look to Kaya for this, but she only gets notifications about episodes of Hijack. Can I? I, I want to say the thing that I wanted to say about like the negotiating power may never be stronger than at this moment with the dual strikes and mm-hmm. things the way they are. So, right. But I did also want to say that you, you know how your mornings. You say begin with a text from me mm-hmm. being like, here's nine things I've read already. <laughs> Your thoughts. That's true. But what I don't know if you know is that my day begins um, at 545. At right? 545 in the morning, you know, yawn, stretch. It's kind of like the beginning of Barbie, yeah. but with the thoughts about death. <laughs> and, but then I look at my phone to see what time it is. And I almost always have a, like a, a push alert from the Atlantic magazine. Uh-huh. And I think it's a bit now. Like, because generally, the Atlantic's social media strategy seems to be, you think Scare it's this. Scare the living shit out of you first thing in the morning, yeah. But this morning's was was king, because this was the Atlantic <laughs> three hours ago. <laughs> no, it says Atlantic two hours ago. This was at seven in the morning. So okay. they said this at five in the morning, West Coast time. Did America vibe its way out of a recession? <laughs> Derek Thompson explores. Now, Derek Thompson, a brilliant guy, ringer podcaster. Did we vibe our way out of a recession at five in the morning? Yeah, I think we threw the fucking aviators on and had an ice cream cone. We were just like, you know what? I'm going to spend through it. Wow. Okay. I'm just going to keep copping shit and see what happens. You're not CR anymore. You're CW. Conventional Wisdom Ryan. I love it. Um, Any, anyway, so that is going to be a conversation that the, the Writers Guild is going to have to weigh seriously in terms of like what... Vibing your way out of the strike. Can we? Yes. Yeah. Nice segue. Can yeah. we vibe our way out of the strike? Um... Or do we need to dig in for something that could get? I, this is this does begin to feel like the touch point where everyone's like, okay, now, yeah, in a potentially well, productive 3rd. way. I, I, I'm I'm not I'm not at all privy to any labor negotiations yeah. between the WGA and 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 the studios. It would make sense in some ways mm-hmm. if the uh, first the like the little like entreaties start happening and it starts thawing out early in August, and that sometime. Soonish after Labor Day, this stuff gets all hammered out. That seems to be a lot. Just, you know, again, people cannot stand a vacuum. They cannot stand the uncertainty and not knowing. And so the conversations that I'm in are the group texts. Like as soon as the first thing that the, the talking about talking was announced, people started being like September 15th. I think October 1st. Yeah, yeah. Well, I heard from someone at Netflix that they're prepared to. So the chatter has begun. And I think that this is this is what would be considered by, I think, a you know, a, an unbiased observer, this would be, th- this, the next four to six weeks is the time because to save any semblance of a TV season, any semblance of a summer movie season, they better summer get back to work. Summer movie season, awards movies. Like, well, this year, but yeah. I mean next year's summer movies. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, right. I mean, they are, I don't know whether or not, so like Craven the Hunter was moved to next year. We've talked about all these, all these films moving. Were they to somehow come to some sort of agreement, would the actors be right on their coattails? Right. So, by the way, I did want to make a, a point about the pushing movies thing. Some of this is bullshit that's being blamed on the strike. Like, for example, 
Spider-Verse sequel that was dated for March mm-hmm. of next year, every article written about the, you know, I think brilliant Spider-Verse 2, all of it was just like, it's so funny that they're going to put the next one out next year since they haven't started working on it. Right. Since Phil Lord was still polishing jokes on this one this morning. Like, that movie was never, ever, ever... I'm not saying this based on any insider knowledge. This no, is it's just, in the article. It's in It's articles. also like they're just like, we were literally like tearing up large yes. swaths of the movie so, and recutting it. So that movie was never coming out in early 24, if in 24 at all, but it's convenient to be like, because of the strike, you have cost yourselves a Spider-Verse movie. That's not... That's just simply not true. Right. Um, You've cost ourselves. There were, there are, there, you know, that's one of the more serious wounds we could, we could suffer um, other than the warming oceans. Uh, the, the other thing from today before we get into the, the actress part was like Zaslav and Warner Brothers Discovery were like, you know, we saved a hundred million dollars on this strike. They also said that we're modeling, we are yeah. modeling to be back at work in September at some point. I, I think that... My guy Gunner said that. But I also just think broadly, like, they're not this dumb. That, like, they can say they've saved money, but they were planning on spending that money on content. And right. if they don't have content, they will lose a lot more in the future. So it's not exactly great business. It's so um, hard to actually have any kind of thermometer for, like, the... Outside of, like, the actual, like, labor negotiations and, like, the impacts on people's wallets and the impact on the future of writing, all of which I'm very concerned about. But it's also, like, I'm curious to see the actual knock-on effects of the strikes on uh, current shows. You know what I mean? Like, for you, do you think that the rollout of Reservation Dogs, which is a show we'll talk Mm -hmm. about in a couple weeks, we're going to let a couple of episodes go by first, and say Winning Time, which comes back on Sunday— and is a marquee show for HBO, mm-hmm. but for the most part, has only been advertised, from what I can tell, on billboards on Sunset Boulevard. Yeah, and you know, it's a it's the second season of a relatively successful show with a lot of big names in it mm-hmm. about a huge subject, and it's kind of like, oh yeah, winning time's back on Sunday, because there isn't the. John C. Riley tries to eat fifty two snacks in fifty three seconds videos that you usually. I- Mark the, oh, this is coming on. This is back. Dune is back. This is back. That's back. Like, you know what I mean? I think it's an interesting, those two are interesting examples because winning time in my, I mean, I know nothing, but in my, just use that as a pullout quote. Maybe put that in the opening of the podcast. Um, Winning time to me strikes me as a show that in some ways sells itself because Everything about but it is recognizable. But in this day and age, I feel like there is some like practical service journalism aspect of of like there doing is. all that stuff to be like it's back. Whereas there are many people in my life who are like, "Oh, is winning time back?" I I, I agree. I think that I, I guess I'm doing a glass half full thing. Sure. Where I'm like, if you have to be. Um, also, I think that the the things that the writers are fighting for are more important than the promotion of a show sure, that's no, coming out. On but Sunday. it's interesting because yeah. we do, you know, especially if they're shows that we value that we want to have longer lives. We don't want them to be negatively impacted. Um, we we want everyone to succeed. Well, I here. wonder whether or not but, that had something to do with old Gunner, the CFO of of Warner Brothers mm-hmm. Discovery, being like, "We're modeling for September because I can't keep putting out shows that no one I, knows I think that's, are out." I yeah. think that's true. I think, but I do think that the glass half full version is that winning time. It's just recognizable people playing recognizable people with a brand and NBA stuff and the Lakers. Like we understand what that is. Reservation Dogs also like has a cast that, to our eyes, is chock full of stars and important performers and writers and directors 
multiple hyphenate threats who will be part of this industry for a long time, they are not necessarily mega celebrities. So the bill, the show sure. kind of sells itself sure. in a way. But the flip side of that is why a show we've been referencing, you know, the uh, the new Brit Marling FX show. Yeah, um, it got moved to, to November. Because that's new. And they yeah. have to introduce you to all of it. Yes. And that's a really heavy lift. And it's not like the Lakers show is back. You know what I think mm-hmm. I'm really trying to get at is mm-hmm. that as traditional viewing habits have dissolved. So when you don't have this sort of built-in expectation that all TV mm-hmm. does premiere at a certain time, you know, like Gemstones is going to be on at 10 and, for, you know, Winning Time is going to be on at 9. That announcing its return in general is all the more important because people don't yes. ever no longer have the habit of what's on HBO Sunday? You know, like what is on, what's on NBC on Thursday? What's right. on Showtime this week? You know, it's like they're essentially getting all of this stuff in a feed, maybe on their Apple TV or whatever, but they're they're not looking for things. They're expecting things it, to be served to them. It, it's also, and I don't know if this is the case because this is already a couple of years ago now, but in terms of like within the companies and the networks and streamers, the perception, uh, not perception, I think this was based on data, it was much easier to grab attention for a new show than it was for a returning show. Yeah, It's right. diminishing people returns. people were so, like, that, that was sort of the the value add of like, if you sign up for the service, we'll give you a new show every week. And just in terms of the way shows promotion, the, the budgets are drawn up, you know, traditionally, like they would have more money in promotional budgets for a, a debut to get people paying mm-hmm. attention in a second season, even in, unless in, you know, it, it may be different in success, but there's less money to throw around and less, you know, people's, people aren't turning to look if they think they've kind of seen it before. And that was internally being considered when the conversation turned to renewals or whether to steer more towards the anthology model because you got to re-premiere something every year. Mm -hmm. Um, Circling all the way back to your other question about the actors, again, the caveat, I don't know. Um, I I think that maybe a better reframing of the we can't talk because Fran Drescher was mean to us argument is really, it's not so much that as it is Fran Drescher, with her rhetoric, has has moved the needle mm-hmm. and changed the what is it like the Overton window of like what's acceptable? Yeah, I mean, and, like, and also like actors who are on relatively big shows posting the residual checks of ten cents. I mean, like that's it, that's now like in the discourse. Right? It is. A, it is a, and and this is also what happens when the the AMPTP assumed actors wouldn't strike because they hadn't in forty three years. Now they are, mm-hmm. and they're feeling what that feels like and the sense of community and the sense and the the, the whole shape of the intramural conversation about the career they're in has changed and that needs to play out and the same debate that I was trying to frame for writers in terms of like a monetary gain versus a cultural gain that has to play out within the actors too I'm not the most optimistic about a lot of the details in this conversation but but broad strokes I am optimistic that people do want to get back to work and people will get back to work but whether that means everyone suddenly is magically back at it on October 1st, or if a writer's deal is followed six to eight weeks later by an actor's deal and things finally start to rev back up after the new year, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but that's a, it's a long time. Yeah, it is a long and time. it's been a long time. All right, uh, let's take a quick break and then we'll start talking about Hijack. This episode is brought to you by Mint Mobile. If you've had it with your overpriced wireless plan with its insanely high monthly bill and unexpected overages, Then listen to this. For a limited time, wireless plans from Mint Mobile are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. That's unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. Wow, right? 
To get this new customer offer, just go to mintmobile.com slash watch. That's mintmobile.com slash watch. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower, above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for more details. All right. Our beloved Kingdom 2-9 has come to an ass-over-elbows landing. Yeah. At a military field, I RAF, believe. RAF, Royal oh, Air Force. Royal Air Force uh, airstrip. Mm-hmm. I thought we could divide uh, divide this final episode recap up into winners and losers. I mean... An old, old ringer warhorse. I thought I'd, I'd trot out for this. So I divided... I, I, I think a, a lot of our topics I've put into winners and losers. May I, having not seen your topics... Um, Lock myself Proceed. in the cockpit and fly this plane <laughs> where I to want. Talk for six minutes uninterrupted, where you kill all my bits. Absolutely not. I just hope that one of the winners is us. I did not have that as a winner. See, because let's start with that. Why? Why us I as thought, a winner? I thought this finale was sick. I loved it. <laughs> I, loved it. Um, I thought it was really entertaining. I thought it was really paced well. I thought it addressed things. It left some things it, open. But it, it chose well. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, 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 it fucking ended. And the things that it left open, I don't care about. Yeah. I, it would be fun if they had a cool reason to go back to them, but they landed the plane and that was correct. It, it once again showed that the creators, George Kay and Jim Field Smith, like they knew what they entertainment knew the they were, they were making. making. Yeah. I love that. And one other point before we get into your thing. That's all right. This is part of my Do, thing. Do you, do you know what's do you know what's really rare these days? I I think a series that gets better as it goes along. I think a lot of shows, I thought actually Full Circle was an example of that as well. But go, oh, that's true. Yeah. We should talk, and we will talk about Full Circle, which we both finished and we both really yeah. That's really on Monday's liked. pod. We'll be talking we about it on Monday. On Monday. Um, the ambassador from Guyana is joining us <laughs> to talk about. We actually, I don't know why I'm being coy. Steven Soderbergh is on the pod on Sunday, on Monday. We actually uh, recorded it. So, I, so you feel was, confident that it's going to happen? <laughs> I can Ka- say. Kaya still has, you have the tapes, you know? <laughs> Unless she pours like a pint of cold brew into her computer. I think we're good. Um, no, but I mean that the, most shows are, especially in this, like, we were, I was just saying this, like you need to grab people's attention early. Like a lot of the labor is on the pilot. Yeah. No pun intended in this case. Yeah. RIP, but less so on landing the plane. And this was a show that had a very strong pilot, but I thought a stronger finale. And I really, I enjoyed that. Yeah. Respect. I respected it. All right. My first winner. Yeah. Idris Elba. Yeah. Big time. Uh, The first scene of the finale, which starts basically seconds after the sixth episode ends, Mm -hmm. when Amanda, as Mm -hmm. we learn her name is, uh, Amanda has gone, because I certainly remembered that earlier interaction she had with Sam. (laughs) Me too. I was so glad. I mean, I was like, why is he even recapping this for us? One of my favorite moments was their conversation about family. I, uh, that scene where he's just like standing in front of the cockpit and he's got the passengers doing their coup. He's got fucking Stuart absolutely dropping the bag. Who's Stuart? Stuart. Psych. (laughs) And he's just like, who was that? Who was that? Yeah. It's like, it was really captivating and then you add that onto his whole uh, phone conversation. I love that when they, like, they're just like, we just talk on phones now, like on the plane. I like that too. They just, (laughs) when it was time to drop that, they just dropped it. So my understanding is now, we could talk on phones on airplanes via Wi-Fi, but it would just be so rude because you'd have like, 55, 100 different conversations happening, right? Also, 
Because I do feel like I do feel like hijackson's a bad message to people being like, this is something you could be doing. We just ask you not to. Here's my counter. The Kingdom 2-9 flight was flying at the same elevation as my hotel room in London when I was there. <laughs> so I don't think they need any special like 5G towers. Yeah, they didn't need Starlink for that. Do, do you know what I mean? So I think at that point, it's basically just making a call. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, I did think that Sam's conversation with Alice where she's where he has to like lie to her he lies to her first and then he walks away now personally as like if I was Mm -hmm. a fellow uh captive on that plane mm -hmm. I wouldn't be like oh are are you gonna go have this conversation Mm -hmm. like down there that's cool don't worry about me you know we trust you guy who waved a gun at us (laughs) 10 seconds ago uh agree Idris Elba is a big winner and one of the reasons for it is, and we've said this, we said this the other week when we talked about how great he was on the show, they, they really knew how to use him yeah. and use what's great about him. I, I misspoke when we were talking about his, his signature roles because it's obviously not just Stringer Bell, but also Luther. And I think the thing that runs through those parts is that he is, I mean, I, I've never met the man in person nor attended one of his DJ gigs, but he seems like a big guy. Yeah. And he is, and it's why people want to cast him in action movies, want to cast him as Bond. I I assume, again, I don't know, that one of the things that appealed to him about this project was they probably pitched it to him, and he assumed it was going to be like Passenger 57 or an action movie, but in fact, the twist in the beginning is that, you know, he's going to he's going to be like Jalen Hurts. He's going to beat you with mind. Mind, yeah. But also, it's going to be more passive at times and more conversational and negotiating. When he becomes physical in this episode, it's earned, and he can fucking do it. And it changes the tenor on the plane, too, because... the it was suddenly not one-on-ones anymore. It was everyone and him. Yeah. And that felt different. It was a nice change of pace. I thought, you know, and also like the moments where he was being obviously manipulative and he was trying to get Amanda to open the cockpit door by like talking about her daughter and Mm -hmm. then talking about how Stuart had told him that Elodie is going to be killed anyway. Mm -hmm. So like she has to think about what she's doing. Like Stuart. Really, I I thought, I, I wouldn't say st- it's obviously not a star making performance. It was like a star solidifying performance for me. And yeah. it was like, you are actually the real and you're you're inheriting the Harrison Ford, Liam Neeson, like you got the the belt. One thing that I think we maybe could do during uh, a low period in culture or entertainment, if there ever is one again, we're or, just swimming in stuff right now. Yeah. It would be interesting to talk about movie stars or stars television roles which is now very common. But the idea is like, who used this lane change best? Right. You know, and you have the Reese Witherspoons and Nicole Kidmans who have kind of... I think McConaughey is the model. Rebranded themselves. But he, yes, but McConaughey was like dipped down for a second to become a movie star again, almost. Um, And now he's coming back to... Is it confirmed that he's going to be in Yellowstone? I mean, it's it's been so widely rumored. I just don't think anybody knows how it will be executed. Like, is it going to be another spinoff probably set in Texas because right. that would really work for Matthew McConaughey to not have to leave Texas yeah. or is he moving into the ranch on the Yellowstone and is Yellowstone still Yellowstone without the Yellowstone but these are the things that keep me up at night when I'm watching I, episode three of Lioness for I the think fourth that time looking at the calendar it looks like you have a solo <laughs> pod coming up and you can I actually I, but, I swear to God if Kaya's on vacation mm-hmm. and you're not here mm-hmm. I might do a Lioness solo pod I, I would listen to it a hundred percent the Lioness tamer <laughs> That's what I'll call it. That's also just, that's just <laughs> gendered in a cool way. <laughs> that's not what I meant. Just like, here's the show about tough women and who's your guy that really put his arms around it. And, and like, potting about it also gives me dominion over them. Yeah, you're just like talking about the Zoe Saldana, Nicole Kidman scenes. You're like, 
ladies, you're both pretty. Come on, calm down. That's that's the lioness tamer. Is that is that <laughs> it's a good character? I'm gonna let you run with it. <laughs> I think I've just run myself into the ground. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, I think we should do a podcast, basically being like T- movie to TV power rankings. Like, yeah, who right. chose who? Right. Who's managed this? Because ten years ago, this wasn't. This is a good idea. This wasn't a lane. Thank you. Yeah, I don't have them often, and I never have them. When you need to have them. Right. When I'm like, what do you want to talk about tomorrow? And I'm like, who is this? (laughs) Who is this texting me? Uh, Right. So he, Idris, I said that to say, good job. I do want to bring something up and I want to ask Kaya about it Mm because Kaya was pretty vocal as she always is on this podcast. We can't keep her off mic. No. But she was saying, I think Sam's got, there's more to Sam Ah, than we know. mm -hmm. You were like, maybe MI5. He's like, he fought too well to just be a negotiator. Yes. But people said that about Chris. He really hammered home, this is what I do. I'm a negotiator. They bring me in in big deals. I don't know why I'm kind of doing That could mean anything though. That could mean like a hostage situation. Well, there was a moment, I don't know (laughs) if you, Kai, did you clock this? That like, when he made the, frankly, idiotic decision to go back for his jewelry bag. Um, And we're going to talk about losers being the United Kingdom's entire security apparatus, I hope. Yes. Um, At that moment, I got that same energy that that like, that like end of usual suspects energy where I was like, oh, that's the last card. He was in on this or he knew something. Yeah, I thought it was a heel turn. It was, right? I mean, it felt like that. Felt like it, yes. But but it wasn't. But it wasn't. it wasn't. No, 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 it wasn't. All right. So the reason why I said, but it wasn't. Did, did you stop watching? There were some things that happened in the, the final episode where mm-hmm. I was like, did I miss a scene or did I miss an episode or something like mm. that? We'll get to that. Okay. So my big loser, number one, the prime minister of England. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Talk about an empty suit. So I don't know whether this show was made during the Theresa May administration <laughs> in England. It suggests... Possibly. That's a very interesting It's made during the Liz Truss. Or the Liz Truss, that brief. <laughs> Can you imagine if during Liz Truss's like 80 days in power <laughs> in England, she had this on her plate? I think it would have gone about as, you know, the way this one. Cabbage Liz? Lettuce Liz, sorry. Not, lettuce not, Liz, not cabbage yeah. Liz. Who, who's going to last longer, right? The lettuce. This or, head of or lettuce or her mm-hmm. prime minister. What an amazing that was, bit. Yeah, that's good. What an absolute fucking degenerates the English media are. <laughs> uh, so... Pretty much this entire show, mm-hmm. they're just like, the prime minister ain't shit. Mm-hmm. She won't be making any decisions. It's up to us, and she'll just follow our instructions as home and foreign secretary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's up with that? Is that is that like I, the case? I Is that how parliamentary politics works? All successful shows. And she doesn't even get a, a cutaway. No. All successful shows demand some suspension of disbelief. And the one of the reasons this show was good, I don't, before we pivot to Dinging it like was because we didn't have to worry about a lot of about the prime minister details. Yeah, that said, the fact that this hijacked airplane <laughs> is over central London. It basically just like does donuts on Piccadilly Circus, mm-hmm. and there is no media attention. Yeah, no, everyone there is. in there's a tweet, and on the new on, and is this England, Chris? You spend more time there than we do. They you turn on the BBC, and they're like. The hijacked aircraft is now making its way past Waterloo Station. Now to sport. Yeah. Like nobody is In freaking the first out. Test match, England has bested Jamaica. Yeah. And, you know, 
we're not that far removed from commercial airplanes flying into yeah. cities and places. Like, that 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 happened. Yeah. They have, like, one city shot of, like, the plane, like, gliding over. Past the, kind of just, like, it goes like, past huh. the London Eye. Yeah. yeah. They keep cool. saying the London Eye over and mm-hmm. over again. I wonder if the London Eye bought in. Like, let's get some, some time <laughs> that, on the show. Is that good PR for them? I don't know. I've never been on the London Eye. You can't avoid it, though. You walk by it all the time. Yeah, so you can't avoid it if you're flying a hijack airplane <laughs> yeah. low over a city. It's just they were so chill about it. There are no people, like, I, here's just a free note. Like, maybe in the center of town, some people would have been, like, pointing their phones at it and screaming. Yeah. yeah. But no, you know, they're going about their business. The FA Cup is proceeding as whatever. Like, it was super chill. So, super chill. And I, 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 I appreciate it. I'm, just, I'm done. Those are the only English things I know. <laughs> so you better bail me out. I, I think the, um, I appreciated the what's, the, what's the reverse of a heel turn? A face turn? Uh, you're looking Big at the wrestling wrong person guy here. for that. Yeah, face, but, but, sure. but the, the, the home secretary is like, well, that's, l- let's shoot them down. No, let's let's segue now. And then, okay. To my big winner, mm-hmm. the home sec. Yeah. yeah. Handing out bail left and right to whoever wants it. Yep. He goes up to the foreign secretary. He's like, if it's about killing 200 souls, it's on me. Yeah. It's cool. I'm not running for office again. <laughs> I am the sin eater. Yeah. Put it on my plate. Can that, that's like that? what happened to Weebae in the wire. That's what England? I'm saying is that there just seemed to be a dissolving of any kind of hierarchical decision tree. The, 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 the Home Secretary is also like, do you not want to go to jail, Amanda? That's not a problem. <laughs> I personally guarantee there'll He's be like, no it's a jail. It's signing matter for me. It is absolutely the case. And he's spelling it G-A-O-L when he says it. You can tell. He's like, you shall not be going to jail. <laughs> I decree it. In His Majesty's government. Okay. Do you think cool. that she like walked a couple yards off the plane or a couple yards off screen? And I think a fucking and then... SWAT team yeah. tore her to pieces because <laughs> she premeditated murdered a pilot of a passenger jet yeah. on with, the plane. With a handgun she brought onto a plane. Yes. Yeah. And then took control of the plane and flew. And was like super prepared to crash it into West London. Everyone's assumption that Sam Nelson could personally negotiate an airplane out of crashing into a city. Everyone seemed very secure with this bet. Yeah. Like that this was a good bet. Yeah. He's, he's that guy. As if they had been watching the show Hijack <laughs> and they were like, you know, I like the cut of his jib. This yeah. is going to be fine. Even the, the the planners of the Hijack seem to believe, because their plan, like, we'll probably get into this, I'm sure, but like it was that she should make it seem as if they're going to do this to extract the most money out of the tanking yeah, stock short, price, and then she would it. she yeah. would nose up and land the plane, right? Although All she of seemed, this yeah, is predicated on the idea that the tomahawk jets aren't going to shoot it down, which they probably should have, right? Yes. Like, I don't know the run of play. In, it's in it's pretty miraculous that that Kingdom Two Nine made it through both the Hungarian and the Royal Air Force. Well, the first of all, we should once again return to the Hungarian <laughs> special forces. That's who I want in my corner. Those Magyar mercenaries are fucking no joke. I know. They were ready. That country was ready. Look, and I, I'm no yeah. fan of Viktor Orban's policies, <laughs> but he runs a tight ship. Right? Like, it's clear. Um, Home Secretary. Winner. Yeah, another, winner. Uh, so. another winner. Mm-hmm. Amanda. What? Look, uh-huh. she Let's gets to be the hero and she gets to be the villain. 
she and gets she, to play both sides. She gets to and be like she gets to go to prison. I don't. For the rest I mean, unclear. it's a resigning matter for the Home Secretary. <laughs> okay. But but also, then he can resign. As far as I know about like English politics, they don't have problems with firing people. They also resign all the time and then they come back. Like Boris is still like, don't count me out. But it also did seem like no one was in charge of the like the 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 tarmac situation where they're like, we're gonna have a lot of blokes with guns. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're gonna yell at everyone. We're going to arrest. Some people, the ones in zip ties, and at least one man in a beard, we yeah. will arrest. Yes, <laughs> potentially not the right one. And then when another man we've never seen before dawdles on the plane, hangs out by the door, spends some extra quality time on the plane, and then kneels at gun, you know, at the threat of gunfire, yeah. but then walks off. It's a, it's a very what's the chain of command here? Well, that's the thing is that when they were like the typhoon class air, like fighter jets need a green light or a red mm-hmm. light on this, mm-hmm. you know, evaporating a passenger jet above the channel. They were just like, well, it's like a kind of, it's kind of more of a quorum sort of, <laughs> where we, we got to draw straws to see who's going to. Yes. But, but Amanda, by all accounts, okay, mm-hmm. seems to, seems to get away with first degree murder <laughs> and a near catastrophic terrorist incident. And her daughter gets to live. We don't know about that. We don't know about that. But isn't she on the phone with her at the very end? They call. She's like, hi, darling. Mom's going away so for a while. So this is my question. And here's the losers. Okay. Okay. Well, can we can one more winner on Amanda? I'm sorry, Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not a pilot. I'm not uh, either a professional or I, recreational I, for sense. For a long period of that time, it didn't look like Amanda was either. She was a consultant who knew where the buttons were, who then managed to she execute. She used to be in the Navy. So I think she used yeah. to fly. Isn't Navy boats? No, man, that's top gun. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's also boats. Their job is boats. Um, but he, but she did manage to execute what may be may go down as history as the most impressive landing ever. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that was like Sully. That was that was, was that was like that was yeah. Sully. Frankly, higher degree of difficulty. Yeah, much she higher. She was like bank real hard. Now it, was a, it wasn't was, was it the plane. Denzel in flight? Was it? Did he roll it? She did not roll it. Long-time listeners know I will never watch that film. So Do you want me to know. explain what happens in flight? Not a bunch of us. Actually, everyone in this room is going on an airplane in the next week yeah. or so. So no. <laughs> let's let's maybe in the fall when we really buckle down, you know, for like hardy soup <laughs> yeah, when season. Winter hits we can, California, yeah, we, we, we can't we, fly anywhere. We can talk about it. Um, my loser is every family member or friend of any of the terrorist mm-hmm. hostages slash hostages mm-hmm. who were being held at gunpoint so that the terrorists would do their job. Yes. Mm-hmm. What happened to them? Was we, there a group text that went out and been like, let them free, it's okay. When, who sent that text? I mean, Edgar or Johnny and Edgar's dead. Yeah. Johnny didn't seem to care. Right. Like, no. Johnny left that phone in the dirt. Yes. Johnny was fine with whatever. So maybe they're just being held by cleaning crews and purposely. So are there cleaning crews all over England with like people in basements. Well, Johnny was like a, a ref in the NBA playoffs. You just let him play. You know what I mean? He's like, I, I don't, I abdicate. Yes. I'm glad you brought up the cleaning crew because one thing that definitely changed over the course of this seven-hour flight is the efficacy of the cleaning crews. Because the cleaning crew, the Scottish cleaning crew in Dubai yes. is like, I will execute every motherfucker except the dog. Yeah. just yeah. They moved with just absolute brutal efficiency. Here. The London cleaning crew Seemed like they were headed in that direction, but then got distracted by the telly. Yes, and cleaning. And I think their work of, as, of cleaning. <laughs> because then when, yeah. they, when they then achieved their goal of finding someone to 
that so so t- talk me through this. I was like, I think so they're not going to shoot him. I thought they were going to use Sam as like or use Kai to use Kai to oh, okay. influence Sam yeah. if need be. Okay, he it wasn't an instant. But I didn't kill. know. Th- I don't know how they knew what Sam's role was on the plane. Unless Stuart was like texting everybody and being like, "There's this guy Sam." Who's I thought really they did. With us. I All thought right. I, I thought that I was why the cleaners they were had dispatched an there. inkling because he had been the only one who had been in contact with the ground. Okay, is okay. But do, do you guy? Are you guys like Kai? Like when I call you, does it say podcaster Andy? Yeah, I was going to have my job. Don't put mom's boyfriend as detective. Dan. Like three three police emojis <laughs> and a siren. Every time he calls, <laughs> and like when it, the the ringtone is just like a Parisian cop, like <laughs> also, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> also, it's not a Stewart situation. Like I know who that guy's name is Daniel. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that, Presumably, that was Kai does as well. He does. Or he doesn't. He doesn't care for him. But they had they executed great, great. I think maybe the main takeaway is the Brits are inefficient. I think you're right. I mean, I think they think that they're efficient, and I think they think they have a stiff upper lip, but and, and they yeah. cue. Cue properly, yeah. Right, and that they cue properly. The only efficient thing to happen in that whole episode is when is the like cleaning crew were being evacuated, mm-hmm. and then they like grab him. That oh was, yeah, that Detective was Daniel. Sick. So Detective Daniel's personal hit squad should have been on the tarmac. Yeah, they I were. So. They were. They must have been Hungarian. Because also, they I were, just don't know how Detective Daniel drove from like a bucolic farmland into central London tw- and two different locations and was just, I guess maybe they had started clearing out traffic by that point because of the plane flying over it. But well, he also, he did have a siren. That's true. <laughs> so maybe all the efficiency me, in London. Excuse me. Get out of my way. Thank <laughs> you. Also, maybe there's a, a missing scene where everyone in London was freaking out and evacuating. Yeah, that's true. And going in the other direction. So traffic was it's the best it's ever been on the A9. I don't know. Um, the roadway is called. I'll do my next winner as a combined thing. Mm-hmm. A little bit of a step outside of this. Apple TV Plus mm-hmm. and Midbuster TV. That's my that's my phrase for this. Midbuster. So not quite Blockbuster TV, not quite Wheel of Time, mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones type television. But like mm. this and Silo are exactly the kinds of things that you would expect to see in the summer, like a like a sci-fi adventure and a sci-fi mystery and a, and a kind of huge set piece action drama. And they're just television shows. And the they work really well. The two people I feel most newly warmly about this summer are Idris Elba and Rebecca Ferguson. Yep. Interesting. Yes. Love stars. them both. Yeah. They're stars. I would throw a third show into this conversation, even though it wasn't on this summer, which is Slow Horses. Yeah. And I, I think that these three shows, we don't know the budgets, we don't know anything behind the scenes, point a real way forward for this television service. They don't need us to say they have a way forward. They can spend their way into any kind of success that they want. Um, but these are three examples, I think, I think, I think it's a good term because they don't appear to be bank-breaking shows. They are not Wheel of Time or whatever. Mm-hmm. All three shows have a star, a fair, you know, fairly high star level. But yeah, not... I mean, Shrinking is another good example. Yes, I think that's probably right. Where do you classify Morning Show? Well, it, I feel like that's that is... Apple 1.0 where it's like, yeah, we're going to break the bank. Yeah. That is an extremely expensive show that only gets more expensive. Oh, it's coming back. But um, you seem delighted. <laughs> we, that's so you guys can do that when I'm not here. That's fine. That's right. But, but I think that like, We've talked about this a lot, that like the more these these companies get into the TV business, the more they are confronted with the fact that maybe people miss TV shows. Yeah. And so they're trying to find that middle brow, mid-buster, I like that, 
range. Amazon is founded really only with like the Jack Ryans and the um, the Reachers of the world, mm-hmm. and Paramount is just going all the way <laughs> into that. You know, and that's a huge hit. Unsurprisingly, this version really works for Apple, and it seems smart. You know, this actually these like I, I didn't make it much further into Silo, but Slow Horses and Hijack are incredibly entertaining. They are incredibly like just what you want in that moment. They're very satisfying. Um, and they employ not mega stars, but stars in very, very intelligent ways. I'm going to tell you something about what happened in the third episode of Linus right now. Okay. <laughs> Did you know yeah. that there's just a scene where a guy who's like also in the CIA goes up to Zoe and he's like, I need three of your team to help me with an extraction. Mm-hmm. I need to like basically steal a guy from the Texas you like marshal service. Mm-hmm. And she's like, why? And he's basically like, because Sicario was really cool. <laughs> and they just do it. There's just like, They just do Sicario they again? They just do a prisoner transfer, yeah. Sicario was cool. <laughs> yeah, good movie. Um, okay. A loser. Okay. Edgar Jensen. Oh my God. And and just, it's really, I think, a, a lesson to us all about day trading. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. And maybe knowing when it's time when it's to leave time the bar. To sell. Yeah. Well, it's also, like, you yeah, know, it's this, last call, man. This is people at the blackjack table too, right? You yeah. got to know when to walk away. I think there's also some other lessons, like just in terms of like how to speak to your colleagues in the workplace. <laughs> Especially colleagues who are holding guns. Yeah. Well, I, he was going to kill him anyway. But He but, was like, we're just going to do this earlier But now. for what it's worth, like the stakes are much lower. However, if I was sitting here, and we're all in the same room, if I was sitting here looking at something on my phone, and then Chris got up from across from me, walked over to where you're sitting, Kaya, and you just murmured a few things to each other, I would put my phone down. And I'd be like, hey guys. You he was too busy making $18 million a minute. I, I guess that can be distracting, but I don't think, I guess my point is that I don't think they walked far enough away from him to be like, time to kill him. Yeah, here's, here's my larger question about mm-hmm. what he was doing. Mm-hmm. When you short a Kingdom 2-9 stock you're while this. you're also orchestrating the crash of an airplane, mm-hmm. Like, you get to just take that money, though? Like, nobody's like, yeah, you can't. I guess you can do that because that's why we I, live in the world we live in. But I, I guess the assumption is that this, all of these financial transactions went through traders. It, it was basically set up like Tim Scott's presidential campaign, <laughs> where it's like, there's a lot of money and it's going to some empty rooms in shopping centers. Yeah. And that's legal. Yeah. Because by the time we go to those empty shopping centers, we don't know. We don't know. Yeah. And it's like he never ran. So, that's my sense, but they are very, very confident that they're somehow yeah. going to be able yeah. to enjoy the the fruits of this labor. Right, and they worked hard for it. They did. They did they work did. Those guys. incredibly hard for it. That's really a great did. point. Um, and, and in America, I don't know about England, we really reward success. <laughs> but like, they just we, seem we value to like know work. immediately. They were like, who's been shorting this stock? Yeah. The cheap side gang, the cheap side firm has been shorting this stock. They figured it out pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, my last... Uh, Winner or loser is just loser was just first officer Kovacs. Really got mm. kind of elbowed out of, of any meaningful flight time. Well, she's she, when they were over Hungary, she was very important. Sure, for like five seconds there. Yeah. I thought that I I agree. And uh Amanda takes the the glory role, you know? And I, I think that the I think there's probably room in a second season for just kind of a reckoning for the 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 pilot's behavior towards women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I think that he did savagely beat his co-pilot about the face sure. in order to let this thing start. 
he uh, was carrying on an affair. That clearly there was an emotional element with the the, the flight the, attendant, the, the mm-hmm. bursar, whatever she seemed. Yeah. So I feel like we were robbed of that. Yeah. You know, and also this so is you want a prequel. Yeah. About, no, I, about their, about their it's a Bechtel test. Like I'd like to see <laughs> sure. these women be able to talk about something other than the pilot. Yeah. And the way that he wronged them. Yeah. I think you're right. Um, and the way that he got his head blown off. <laughs> Yeah, is that not retribution <laughs> enough? For, hmm. That's fair. Yeah, maybe Kovacs is like, oh. I, I guess it. I guess it's even. It evens out. Things unsaid. You it's know? like it's like smoking in your twenties and Mediterranean diet yeah, later yeah. in life. Yeah. Um, do you think that the reason why the UK government wasn't able to more robustly pursue the who's the one person who shorted this stock? Yeah. Thus, we could get we could solve this case is because the nation's only police officer was saving his stepson. Well, and then Archie Punjabi had been marginalized to be like, wait, what do you mean there's the plane is over the the city? Do you think that they shared only the pilot script with her when they got her to do the part? I don't know. I mean, it seems like a pretty easy like gig. You basically like she took two cabs and then sat in a conference room for like a couple of hours. That's probably right. I mean, the people who are on the plane, like they show up for work and, you know, you do costumes and continuity at six in the morning, but then you just sit in the seat yeah. for eight hours. Yeah. Could be worse. I hope that the... <laughs> Wait, do you have more? I'm sorry, I don't want to step. No, that's out. it. That's all my winners and losers. Um, one, just a couple other small, small notes. Like okay. when after the these passengers have behaved better than passengers on flights that I've been on. Yes, yes. Like they yes. did not complain about snacks. They no didn't one say they used the bathroom. There's no an one. invisible person in the back. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's the collision that we needed. <laughs> that should have been the wrinkle in the in the hijacking. So they behaved so well. That the final indignity, this was the most like, real-life airplane shit, is that they were like, congratulations, you've survived this. Leave all of your luggage and belongings on yeah. board. Well, I mean, it was probably a, a little bit of a fire hazard. I get it. I would absolutely have taken my backpack. <laughs> it's just a small backpack. Like, I would not... I, so you're I don't be the even one it, holding up the line. No, but I don't. Put it, I don't put in the overhead. I, I have several screenplays in various stages of completion. <laughs> no, I'm be like, guys. I pack four books because I can't decide, and I don't want to. No, it's I, if and it's they're un, library books. If it's, yeah. <laughs> it's under the seat in front of me. I'm not leaving it. Well, I'm, you would have been like that mom who was just like. That's what I wanted to say. So I was about to comment on. You know, I I, I was going to write down an imaginary note about that, and then the mom. It's like, I'm fucking bringing this. Yeah. The kids have been through enough. Yeah. Yeah. That was a victory for my people. So the season ends. Mm-hmm. John Bailey still out on the run. Who's Presumably that? the guy who shot Edgar Yancey. Oh, we were calling him Johnny a minute ago. Sorry. Uh, he's out on the run. Edgar mm-hmm. Yancey dead. Stewart arrested. Edgar with a tear in his eye about all the money he didn't get to enjoy. Did you see that? Like they really like zoomed in on it. Like the real tragedy is the death of Edgar. By the way, your confidence with this man's last name. Edgar Jansen. You could keep saying it as if we knew that. They said it's Edgar Jansen and John Bailey, whatever. Who, I did, who said that? Archie Punjabi said it like two episodes ago. Like, why aren't you retaining any like names in this show? Because that is my relationship to this show. I I consider it a success that I don't need to know. We don't know much about like detail about Sam. Are you asking if there's going to be a Nelson? Kingdom three no, zero three zero? Yeah, <laughs> Kingdom one nine. Uh, yeah, like what's up? You guys want you you guys want Hijack to come back? 
it's always it's always so hard. What if it's an anthology series? Mm-hmm. What if it's like a different hijacking, a different maybe a different Does mode of Idris transportation? Does Elba get to come back? I really would love for that to be the case. But that's just kind of like how many times can one guy? Well, we answered that when twenty four. And earlier in the century when we were just like die hard many, many, many times. Like, like the fundamental tenet of our entertainment used to be that this shit happens to people again. Yeah. You know, like at no point in Lethal Weapon 4 were they like, God, what are the odds? Yeah. I don't know. I haven't We've, seen any of those movies. So I think it would, that's be, our next podcast it would be pretty project. chill though if it was like Amy Adams is on a train Ooh. and she's a negotiator. I, I, why does it have to be Amy Adams? Come on. Do you not like Amy Adams? It's not my favorite. Really? It's really interesting that this huh. like anti-Amy Adams rhetoric is just, it's going viral. Wait, what? Bill doesn't like Amy Adams. It's not viral. You're like telling it? me this. I've never, Thanks I don't dislike her. Watchables. She's very good in, in uh, Arrival? Uh, the, the Muppets. Sharp Objects? Sharp Objects? She's the Jason Siegel Muppets. Yeah, she was the good Muppets. in that. She was good in them. <laughs> that, that's, my, that's my Amy Adams. Um, catch me if you can. Yeah. She's, she's good in that. Um, so you don't? Do you want Idris Elba to so, come back and be put in another tough situation? What, what I thought was great about the show was that it was this flight, and that it did not do. I mean, we all had that like panic attack last week that I was like, "They're really going to do this to us?" No, you um, did. You, you're the one. No, yep. Kaya and I, I share. I well, because I, I was misled. There are three YouTube. people in this room. <laughs> you were too busy like noting their last names. I panicked as much as I ever do when I think a TV show is ending prematurely. And okay. then I went to Google and I was like, oh, thank God. There's one more. So that whole thing lasted like four seconds. Yeah. Yes. Andy was like just flop sweating <laughs> the entire episode. I was just chopping up lines of Xanax. <laughs> being Like, how am I going to? Um, but so I thought they answered. Every, they they ended it. It's good. But the, I thought that the, the little feints and nudges and gl- like the suggestion of a larger thing at work here with the what's going on with the families, what's going on with. Johnny Jan- Jans- Jansen. Edgar Jansen, and I believe it's John Bailey Brown. Let me just make sure. What could happen next? How wide is this net? How deep does this thing go? Maybe it's just a whole season devoted to Stuart finding DM out. DMTalkies.com. Edgar Jansen and John Bailey Brown in Hijack Explained. Great. Seems like a legit website. Um, Stuart, you know, just finding out that his entire family is now gone. That would be a great episode <laughs> of Prestige Television. Um, that guy just got <laughs> that would yoinked. be great it's just like I really want Hydrex season 2 to really like talk about the ramifications and consequences <laughs> for these people yeah. but but anyway all this is to say it's very much set up for there to be a season 2 and what would be best would be the, the completely different structure of the season mm-hmm. and, okay. and, and in my opinion Sam Nelson would be in it but he wouldn't necessarily be well maybe he could move into the Alice role or yes. like Archie Punjabi mm-hmm. role. Or she, he's like, I'm on the ground he's communicating once with... Once again, explaining to people what he does for a living. I negotiate. <laughs> on his phone. I close these deals. Um, yeah. Okay. I, I, and, and in fact, I, I, my sense is that this was a big hit for them, in a, not just because we're talking about it, but just anecdotally, it's doing well for them. You can see it on the charts. Um, it is number one. Why would they not the continue to invest? Yeah. These guys seem like they know what they're doing. It's been a delight talking about this show with you for the last couple of weeks. This was a fun show. This yeah. was This was fun. Sometimes um, TV's just good. It's good. That's great. Let's wrap it up here. Mm-hmm. On Monday, we return. We're going to talk about Full Circle, and we're going to be joined by Steven Soderbergh, who has a new show called Command Z also up. So he did Full Circle, but he has got a, a mini series or a web series almost um, called Command Z, which is airing on his website, extension75.com. I believe it's like eight bucks to watch the eight episodes. And it goes to charity, right? Yeah, it goes to charity. And it stars Michael Sarah and Roy Wood, 
previous guest of our podcast, Roy Wood, and uh, mm-hmm. Chloe Radcliffe. And it is a very, very funny, very, very sharp sci-fi comedy. I'll put it that way. And it's about a Elon Musk-esque like, tech CEO who makes himself into an AI and creates a time machine to try and save the world by sending people back to 2023. So it's chill. Yeah, it's very funny. I talked to Steven about that. We talked about Full Circle. We talked about his career. It was an awesome conversation. We're going to have that on Monday, but first we're going to talk about Full Circle when we get back on Monday. Andy, I'll see you then. Can't wait. 